Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. In 2018, a crack chrono unit was sent out into the time stream to recapture magical beings now imprisoned underneath the building of the Time Bureau in Washington, D.C. But if you find out that you have a problem and no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire them. They're the Legends of Tomorrow. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz that's right welcome to the a-team after show everybody just kidding the timeline hasn't changed that much <laughs> welcome everybody to the legends of tomorrow after show we're breaking down every episode that's happening on the cw this season every monday nights i'm one of your hosts and way less talented and way less adorable Frank Moran. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your cue over to me. And the way less talented, way less adorable, Dave Child. Yeah. I'm Dave Child, everyone. We should have switched uh, outfits for this, and that would have been our crossover oh, reference. That's, oh, oh, nicely done. Mm. Uh, big hot episode for you. We're breaking down the uh, the mid-season finale. Big hot, sexy episode. Yes. Uh, and also, I just uh, at, by the end of the episode, I am going to make sure that Dave Child gets, uh, he's finally going to get the answer that he's been so longing to get. But we'll get to that by the end of the episode. I want to keep you in. You know what? I think I know what it is. Oh, all right, I, was, save it. I was excited to see it. <laughs> yes. All right. it, okay, okay. We'll yeah. wait. We'll save it. Okay. Uh, but in the meantime, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And everybody, stick. thanks for hopping in the chat. We've recorded two episodes in a row here. So everybody that's stayed with us for uh, episode seven, thanks for sticking around for episode eight. Yes. Feel free to share away all your thoughts about this mid-season finale. We see you on the chat. Please talk to us on the chat. Uh, we have a lot of people just talking about how hot Gideon is. Oh, well, all right. We get well, it. There we go. Uh, before we dive into the episode in, uh, in particular, Dave, what did you think of it overall? I really liked this episode. I thought this was such... Uh, this. This episode showed what I like of the show, which is just, it's, we were just talking to Engineer Anthony at the booth, and he was talking about how this is the black sheep of of the CW world, and I think because of that, no one notices if they go absolutely crazy, and this episode was so crazy, I love the idea of someone trying to tune in to this episode, because they think it's maybe part of the crossover, and they see how crazy it just gets. <laughs> Yes. And it's it's just so funny. It's it's a comedy and it's with superheroes and it's just nice that they embrace that like totally. I'm going to uh, I will say that I enjoyed this, but I also have two minds of this because I also kind of equate this to say the X-Files. And go with me for a second here. Uh, X-Files long mythology for that show, uh, but uh, built around two solid characters. You know who they are. Yeah. Uh and you watch them through the course of the, their their journeys through various seasons, mm-hmm. pursuing uh, either trying to prove that there's something out there, or maybe you know, a bit more of a skeptic about what's out there. But you kind of you know who these characters are, and then you get the occasional Darren Morgan episodes, which like to poke fun at the universe and the show itself and the characters. But what I liked about the Darren Morgan episodes is that even though they're poking fun, you might see the characters act a little uh, 
little kookier, a little bit more outside the box than when you normally see them on a regular Monster of the Week episode or maybe mm-hmm. even a, a mythology episode. There's still that little bit of heart that comes in at the end that makes you think like, wow, even though they're kind of poking fun at the show itself, they still understand what makes it work and they understand these characters and they wrap it up in a bow. And so my point about bringing it here to Legends is that I enjoyed them having a lot of fun with stuff, but I also thought it wasn't true to the characters. In a sense, uh, given the various time uh, changes that they encounter. Right. I felt like... And it, it changes them dramatically. Yes. And I felt like it wasn't true to the characters. And, that, and so I struggle with that. I mean, I, I see it as, if you actually think back to the beginning of the season, because the premise of this episode, we should get right into it, is that they change it so... So, uh, well, they realize... First, that everything is off. That that uh, who dies first? <laughs> I think Sarah's dead first. Sarah's dead first. Sarah's dead first and gets killed at Woodstock, and it kind of turns the rest of the team into like the evil A team. That's why we started off the show with the A team theme. For all you youngins, you might not realize that they were kind of directly referencing the A team. Uh, when they call themselves the custodians of the chronology. Yes, and those are those bits I did like where they do the nice cheesy 80s intro for, mm-hmm. for the show, for that little capsuled version oh, of that so universe. Good. Which I did like that. That was fun. That was so funny. But also, if you actually think back into where the season began, what they did to the unicorn and next the grandmother and then the fairy grandmother... Or they just sent them directly back to hell. They put them into a hell portal and brought them back to hell. So that's kind of just killing them again and bringing them to their prison of hell, which is sending them to hell. Understandably so. But to see – all right, you're in a universe where Sarah dies on that first mission. She gets impaled by that unicorn. To see the way that they're behaving – is so like Nate, Nate, Ray, and uh, Rory are. It's just off, too off kilter for me. But if you if you make it, yeah, I mean, I agree that I think they took liberties and it kind of went pretty far. But I let them kind of do that because one, it was fun to see them so evil and see that kind of otherworld, evil dark timeline version of them. But also, I mean, I think they were just not thinking of these mythical creatures. As living beings. So they were able to kill mythical creatures and feel okay with it. They were just animals. And they weren't considering them as human. And if you approach it that way, you could kind of jump to the conclusion and be like, okay, they're able to kill those people because even though they didn't kill anyone else in the last three seasons, but that's because everyone else they were battling the last three seasons were either like people or possessed by demons or they were some sort of person but if you're approaching it where you first have a killer unicorn and then you have an evil fairy grandmother and they just got rid of those two and then after that they continue kind of being evil, it's just kind of after a while I think you would just be like, well, we kill these. They're okay. They're like zombies or Nazis where you're able to just kill those right. like kind of guilt-free. So that's how they were approaching them was as like zombies, robot, Nazis – those are the killable things you can just shoot and no one's going to feel bad about. Yeah, I mean, I can I completely understand. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy this because I laughed while we were watching this episode yeah. about some of the riffs that they took, whether it's going to be like the A-Team, whether it's the Charlie's Angels that we'll get to in a little bit. But I also felt for an episode that was really dealing a lot with uh, Constantine and Charlie's, which should have been more of an emotional journey for them. I feel like Constantine's got certainly a little bit more focus, but... Charlie's, I, I still feel like hers is just like, meh. I don't, I don't agree. I actually thought this episode 
I needed it for Charlie. I needed it to to know more about Charlie. And what we saw in this episode was she had the ability to kind of leave, and she had the moment where she could just kind of fade into life and go on the run and kind of hide from the legends. And she noticed something was off about them, and they were killing people, so she went back to help them. And she went back to save the timeline and save things. And it wasn't for her own sake. It was... It was because she wanted to find out a way to be able to keep her own powers. At least initially, it wasn't until the well, very end. Well, to keep her own powers, but that's why every time they changed, she kept her own powers. And it wasn't until the end that she was like, okay, but she could have just left, been on the run, tried not to be killed by the crazy legends. And she's a shapeshifter. She'll be able to kind of blend into the world. She could have run, and she didn't run. And I thought for that, that made her a more interesting character. And it made her now part of the family, and it wasn't just someone who's wearing Amaya's face. Now I actually feel like now I actually feel like she's more developed than Zari. <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like Zari has a problem with development, but I feel like Charlie. I pretty much know who she is and what she likes to do, and I kind of believe in her more because of this episode. I'm trying to. I also equate this to uh, last season's episode where it had uh, Zari, and it focused on her. It was that kind of Groundhog Day episode where yeah. the, the, the Wave Rider explodes and she's reliving at the same time true, over true, again. And true. We, so we get to see her kind of learning more about the crew and about herself and how she fits in over but, the course of that but, episode. But in that episode, I feel like she didn't grow very much because she's just trying to get out of the loop. And in this one, I felt like it wasn't the same thing because Charlie could have left at any point. So, I don't know. Okay. That's why it kind of grew on me. And also, I just, I'm just i I'm a fan for gags. And they had some great gags in this one. I will not dispute that at all. Yeah. For sure. Some nice gags. Uh, so, uh, Charlie, though, she wants to just dump, uh, dump Zari. Like, I got to go. And if I'm going anywhere, I'm going to 1962 Vegas. Yeah. Cause that's so it's you like, go. you'll figure out how to not be a cat eventually. Yeah. See, right there, it's just like, okay, uh, the selfishness of that character, which... I mean, I guess if you got your It's okay back. in the beginning of the episode, as long as it doesn't end with that, which it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, but we finally get to see this leprechaun that's been much talked about so far this season. Yeah, but oh boy, did he have a bad accent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, I, love this epi- I love this episode, and I love this show, but you did not cast someone who could do a good Irish accent. He was just doing the Lucky Charms <laughs> Like the basics of the whole thing, which you know sometimes happens in the show. At least it seemed to be uh, for some reason. I guess we that the Leprechaun films, despite the the delorable, uh, the delightful and adorable Leprechaun from the Lucky Charms serial commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, more often, if you think of Leprechauns, you're thinking of the horror movies. So you're thinking, oh, there's always been a nefarious purpose to the Leprechauns now. But this one, it just seemed like, hey, I just want to hang out in Vegas and maybe yeah, help people can, win, make people get lucky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but of course, he gets killed by our boys. And uh, yeah. th- she follows him back to 2018 and uh, hooks up with Constantine, who's been imprisoned because he's broke the timeline. Yeah, because he's suspected of breaking the timeline. They're not quite sure how mm-hmm. or, or why. But also he's kind of gone insane because he has the two separate timelines in his head and he's kind of like can't get his memory straight. So I thought that was interesting, too. I like that he's he's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because now he's still a tortured soul because he remembers everything, even though he kind of fixed it all or tried to fix it all. So And uh, they do get an extra bit of help from Mona. Who uh-huh. says, oh, hey, yeah. I oh, like how she's here. like, oh, you know what? If I could be a calico cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Do it. I'm ready. I love Mona. <laughs> Mona's a great new character I, I who do keeps growing on me. She's good. Uh, because she's just... 
Well, we've talked about this before. Where Gary can be. Uh... By the way, uh, there's just a, in the chat. Seb Ross says it's fine. Leprechauns don't sound like real Irish people. Okay, <laughs> I will accept that. <laughs> uh, but Mona has that that she goes to the uh, the ditzy of sorts, but adorable and and still smart. Where Gary kind of just kind of be kind of ditzy, but can kind of be some insane smile and irritating at some points. I also like the reference of like just ignore this insane smile. It was also nice to see the uh, Gary, the the actor who plays Gary, be a different type of Gary, be a bit more together, Gary. Yes, that was that was he did a good job of pulling that off. I like that. That was nice. Uh, so they do find Ava though. Who is dealing with Sarah's death by dyeing your hair black and, and diving deep into those indigo right. girls? Right, indigo girls. Oh boy, hitting all of the stereotypes. But go for it, just go for it. I gotta admit, admit, admit I haven't really listened to a lot of indigo girls. No, they're, I mean they're for specifically for one type of person. That's not true. A lot of people are fans of the indigo girls, and they actually have some good songs. I've listened to enough VH1 in my day to hit <laughs> uh, Indigo Girl every now and then. But it is interesting that the way that Ava decides to deal with the grief of uh, losing a loved one is like, I gotta dare my hair black. That's what I gotta do. I also like that she's like, I gotta dye my hair black. I gotta listen to Indigo Girls. This is what a sad lesbian does. That's right. And that's what you do. <laughs> and then she. Uh, gotta get sweated up. I also like how immediately when she's like, ah, oh, good. Oh, I know I could save her. And just like, I like Indigo Girls, but it shouldn't be a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought that was good. But unfair to the Indigo Girls because they have some happy songs. I've, I've heard some good happy songs. Uh, we do find out that uh, they're able to escape and go back and try to save that. But we also leave 2018 initially in a horrible state because the legends, the remaining legends, have all killed each other in the escape. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> that was it. Everybody died. Which Everybody died. Why, why Nate just didn't steal up that whole time in there, I'll never know. Dude, man. Just steal up. Maybe, maybe in that timeline when they face like the fairy godmother or something, she took his ability to steal up away. Well, one thre- th- a theme, though, that we do see throughout this episode is the, the legends in whichever iteration that we see them in the various timelines. They are killing all these magical beings they're coming across, yeah. much to the consternation of Hank Haywood. He does not want. He only wants them apprehended. He does not want them killed. Yeah, which plays into his bigger, uh, bigger plans for the season. Mm-hmm. So of course he's like, "Stop killing these people! Stop doing it!" Can we also talk about? Well, first, okay. So first timeline we encounter, which is the custodians of the uh, chronology. Yes. Great name, custodians of chronology. In that timeline, we do meet a Gideon who's a hologram Gideon. Who's, yep. Which isn't a big creepy head. I really don't like the big new creepy head that was even in the last in the previous episode. I get a, get this way. Just do the hologram, Gideon, yeah. of the of the actress. That's great. I, I think that's so much better. Although I feel like it's um... could they not get the actress? Is that why Should they could only get her as voiceover? Uh, maybe. But uh, it also reminds me more of like uh, Andromeda, the old uh, uh, Kevin Kevin. Kevin Sorbo. He oh, did a right. show like Andromeda AD where it was like their Star Trek rift where they, where they had the um, the AI that was right. much like her where you could actually kind of see her. So I kept on thinking of Andromeda. Yeah, or Voyager had the, uh, had the doctor. Uh, yeah, that's the, true. But I just feel like, yeah, for a futuristic starship or a tri- time ship, it should look more human. I think looking more human is fine. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, the actress is great and she's she's beautiful and I like to see her rather than a big creepy head that the, all they did was make 
the head more lifelike and it dived deeper into the uncanny valley for me. So it was good to see her. And then she comes back in the uh, Sirens of Space Time. Yes. In the next uh, in the next timeline, after they save the unicorn, but the, all the boys are then killed off uh, f- with the fairy godmother. So now the Sirens of Space Time, which is a Charlie's Angels reference. If people don't get that, check out Charlie's Angels and the opening for Charlie's Angels. They basically did that again. It did take me a while to go to go like, okay, there's Ava and Sarah, but who's that third woman? And then it turned out to be Gideon. That's right. So, uh, but we don't really know why. We don't really know how Gideon was able to be in a body, unless we're just kind of assuming it's a android of Gideon or something. Yep. Uh, or like, I guess the the Doctor from Voyager, kind of like a hard light kind of thing, maybe. Maybe it'd be a very hard light yes. because that the Gideon was kicking butt and taking names as hard drive. That's hard. I will ask. Say uh, the writers as they're coming across this episode, and they just had this idea for Gideon. I think, oh, my God, that is cool to have her a little bit more part of the cast. Would you want to see Gideon like something like this on a regular basis? Um, I would like to see Gideon as the hologram Gideon because I think she's she brings in some good jokes every now and then. And I think they could do some good hologram jokes. I think we got – I don't know. I feel like her coming in and kicking butt would be great, but maybe they can save that for special occasions. And I I feel like uh, we already have some really butt kicking characters on the ship. Um, we don't I don't know what she would add to it. So I I think hologram would add more. Uh, I, I again as much as I enjoy the uh, good Charlie's Angels riff, it's great. But I, again, it goes back to the personalities where it's like Sarah has lost three people that she clearly cares about under her watch. Is she just going to be just so like? I'm gonna walk sachet in in single and in in, in in unison with my my two other cohorts, dude. I don't care. Uh, I don't it know. was a fun episode. I, I'm also, I think she just became an assassin. That's all. Like the, the she became an assassin, like she was trained to be, and she brought the, her girls along with it. And also, <laughs> by the way, I love in the chat. Luna Malfoy Seven says, "Take me to the lesbian universe," which I love. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, uh, and Ivan on the chat says the actress that plays Gideon is a series regular, which I know she is, and I agree, which is why it's great to see her face, and I want to see her face more. Yeah, yeah. yeah Anyways, uh, yeah, but that's I just that was just so fun, and then the third version of it, the third opening, kind of uh, that we come across. Yes, is uh, DC's Puppets of Tomorrow. Yeah, they got puppets, everybody. Uh, we find out that it is because while we stop the uh, fairy godmother from killing Mick, Nate, and Rory, uh, Mick, Nate, and Ray, uh, the fairy godmother decides to bond on to Mick. Yeah, I love how Mick is very, so always very close to just being a bad guy. I mean, I just, and he just turned them into puppets and then he left and started robbing people with the fairy godmother. <laughs> he is just, he's, I, his character, that's a character change that did not change that much. It just became like he just – I would say Rory remained constant in every single, like, version that we met. He just became – he could – they let him loose and he was able to kill people without people around him yeah. saying nay. Uh, and I did like uh, – you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we learned about the letter three and Napoleon. Yeah. And I want a drink. And they oh, let's sing the drinking song. Like, no, stop it. No. Stop it, stop it, stop it. No. By the way, I do like how there's uh, more Garima. 
in this episode and last episode. And something we missed from last episode and last thing is uh, the Ava relationship with with Rory. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, and that's the the kind of conflict between the two. What I'd like to to jump back into that real quick is that uh, Sarah playing uh, Peacemaker between yeah. the two of them and saying, "I, you're the woman I love, and you're someone I care about. You're one of my closest friends, like somebody I care about deeply." I need the two of you to be able to work it, work this out. Right. Because neither of you are going anywhere, so you got to find a way to make it work. Yeah. And, of course, uh, where we left at the end of last episode, of course it doesn't go the way you – yeah, it no. doesn't go well. You know, it, yeah, his, Rory's writing is insulted. Ava's cooking uh, – cookies is insulted. She ta- basically takes away Garima from him. Yes. Which, ugh, how can he do that? I know. He needs that. He needs that to write. I do like that. She's, she's so just, badass. <laughs> she just walks around the ship just on a regular basis. <laughs> I need her. She's my muse. Uh, but you know what we need also, Natrell? <laughs> what do we also do we need? We need to help all these fans of television shows, whether it's The Legends of Tomorrow or what, Doctor Who, uh, Game of Thrones, of wide variety. All these things. Yes. We need to help them as a way to, to come together to be able to discuss the shows that they love. And that's what we do how here can at After we Buzz. Do it, but how can we do that? Well, you know, here at After Buzz, our network produces after shows for nearly all their favorite TV shows. Get out of here. Dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. No network works harder to serve you, the television fans. We've looked. That's Dave a and I have looked. Yeah, and that's a lot of genres. That's a that's lot right. of genres to cover. That's where Dave and I were last week. We spent that time looking. For other networks, and they nope, they don't exist. There's none. There's nope. none. But we're asking for your help. Uh, we're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. And please doing that. There you go. That's a, a humble plea right <laughs> please. there. Just please. <laughs> yeah. uh, YouTube will subscribe uh, sub- uh, suggest other content from AfterBuzz that's tailor made for you. So look at that. You're gonna you're also gonna help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, I am be- worried about that. Don't be, Dave Child. Why not? They are optional. Holy buttholes. There you go. So hit that subscribe button now and let us know you did so in the comments. And when you do, Dave Child is going to start making Play-Doh sculptures. Uh, and he will make a Play-Doh sculpture of you as your favorite legend character. And get them right to you. That is a lie. There but I go. hope you do it. <laughs> so uh, for now, though, thanks for being the best friends around and for making us the ESPN of TV talk. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, all right. They also, uh, some people in chat say it's a big deal. They said Legends of Tomorrow on, they called themselves the Legends of Tomorrow on the show. But they have been referencing themselves as Legends for a long time. Yes. Which we have made fun of quite a bit. <laughs> because it's funny to be like, we're no heroes. We're just Legends, which they keep saying, and of course this is a crossover week for the the DC uh, hero shows. Yes, and so uh, Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl are crossing over. The Legends, you know, certainly because of the large cast, are uh, and they wanted to focus on different things. Or I think it's about so they kind of uh, have their own kind of fun, crazy episode for this episode. Yeah, but I do have to say I absolutely love the little nod towards that because they have a great moment where Gideon. Back when they're the custodians of the chronology, uh, which I still love that name so much. I actually would say that's a better name than Legends of Tomorrow. What? Really? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Anyways, uh, just custodians of the chronology. It just sounds so cool. Uh, anyways, but when they asked them, just said, like, oh, we got a call from the Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. Um, and then they, they just have Ray being like, oh, sounds like the annual crossover. Hard pass. <laughs> Great. 
great reference. You just that, that wasn't even nope. Just a, <laughs> that wasn't even like a real world version of that. It just sounded like such a meta joke that they just <laughs> dived into. So good, so good. So while they're trying desperately, uh, Constantine and Charlie to fix this timeline, uh, they're trying to do everything. They're kind of patching it up along the way because the only other alternative, as Zari keeps saying, is you got to go back to New Orleans and you got to let Des die. You have to yeah. reset the timeline at that point. You can't try to just make it up along the way. No, and they've tried their best to to redo it. And you also see, even when they get it, like the montage of just like, oh, that person's died, that person's died, Gary died. No, okay, this person died. And uh, then when it seems like, oh, no one has died, you still have John Constantine like going insane, having seizures, uh, falling over, bleeding from the nose. It's not good. He's in not good shape. Yeah, and so we do get a nice little uh, Back to the Future 2 moment there where Constantine does go back into last week's episode and try to repair everything that he kind of messed up with Dez. So we do get to see uh, the, the breakup scene happen, but then he's just waiting outside to catch Dez and say, whoa, 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 hold on. Don't be uh, don't be so rushed. Yeah. Nice. And I was thinking, like, is this really how he's going to solve it? Like, he's just going to just <laughs> – listen, I know I've been the most wishy-washy person ever in the history of time today. But let me explain why, and they're going to get together and everything's going to be fine. But I am – so I am glad he brought out the Men in Black flasher thing, which they've set up in previous episodes. Yes. It's It was – it was a good save. And that's why I actually thought this was a good time travel episode. Also, by the way, as I'm also on the Doctor Who panel, and I've referenced Doctor Who quite a bit, even the first season, I was angering a lot of people by saying that it just seemed like a Doctor Who uh, spinoff, this, this show. So it was really delightful for me when Ava calls, says, I don't have enough time for the, I don't understand this timey-wimey stuff, which was a direct Doctor Who reference to him, Doctor Who just explaining what how time works, and he just says, it's timey-wimey, gibbity-gook, and it's became kind of a famous uh, catchphrase of the show, so it was nice to have that little nod. Uh, And even, uh, I will throw out another Back to the Future moment, too, because it's not just enough to say they're back together, you got to wait for the kiss. The kiss is what seals the, the deal. The kiss is what seals the deal. And that's what happens this time. Uh, Des and John kiss. Timeline is restored. Yeah. Yeah. And Zari realizes that the reason that all these timelines have failed is because, as you were saying earlier, she hasn't been part of the Legends team. She wasn't in London. You're saying Charlie. Charlie, I'm sorry. Charlie, uh, yeah. Charlie wasn't in London. They didn't. They, Charlie never. They Legends never went to London. Yeah. Because Constantine wasn't there. Which but they never that met logic actually works. This yeah. is actually a well written season, and I'm really kind of proud of this season because previous seasons they've kind of backed themselves into a corner writing wise, and they kind of have to explain things that don't quite make sense. This actually works. It is Constantine's idea. To go to that punk era of the UK at that time, mm-hmm. so it actually it it all works to have when he's not part of it, you won't have Charlie and you won't have that that side of it. So it was good. Yeah, and uh, we reset the timeline. We get to go back to the scene there with uh, Martin Stein puppet as it's incapacitated. Uh, but as we teased a little bit in the previous episode, we don't go back to the time bureau, so we have no idea what happened to. Uh, Mona, Mona. Uh, because she was suspended in midair when the timeline froze. It got fractured. Yeah. And she was Mona's okay, yeah. So it was, I felt it was weird that we never went back to that because that was such a key thing that we focused on at the end of episode seven. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I guess they had a lot to cover, and maybe they had to cut the scene or something. And maybe we'll find out. Uh, maybe we're not done with the copay either, because we do find out that the copay did escape. Because mm-hmm. there is a little reference with with Henry on the phone and saying the copay escaped. So maybe we're going to find that the copay is nursing uh, Mona back to life. Oh, maybe. Uh, so that Beauty and the Beast scenario might not be quite over yet. We do find out, though, as Hank hangs up for that phone call, he's out on the golf course. And then uh, can I, uh, just mentions to his golfing buddy, like, oh, sorry about that. Uh, and it turns out, holy cow, it's Dez. What? What? We couldn't expect that. Uh, but then they do the most horrible thing to signify, you know, it's really Dez bound to neuron, you know. So he does this kind of like... He has a beehive face. <laughs> what? I love that. Suddenly become... I, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> the obvious choice is to have the thriller, my eyes are demon moment, you know? Yes. Like, my eyes are that like have that and have something flash in their eyes. I know it's a cliche, but I kind of wish they did that instead of the beehive face. Because it was just too much. It was too much. I, I I it was I understand why they did it and I wish they thought of like a maybe another effect they could do but it was just like cuz they needed to have a flash of him being a demon yeah, and they wanted to do something a little different than just eyes. I mean even if they wanted to go like to a, a Buffy the Vampire Angel kind of route where you know when they vamp out they kind of face alter slightly if they would have done that maybe it would that would have been enough for me or I would have been happy with just the eyes that B face was just so like what is this? I think they wanted to have a scary demon that isn't just uh, the type of demon that's on a van like the last season. So they wanted to make it a little different. I guess. I mean, but I mean, a neuron, at least in the comics, his first appearance is more of just kind of like a pasty white skin and blonde flowing hair. Yeah. Maybe you could have done something in that realm. I don't know. but Like something happens with his hair or something. It has to happen on the face when he's turned away from yes. the, you know. So they need to figure out something that was kind of there. Uh, but. Yeah. Be, beehive face. My worst uh, My worst choice. Oh, to and this is interesting. Uh, I've been saying a good, uh, a few good things on the chat. One is, I didn't notice this. The, in the SOS timeline, Gideon had Rip's guns. He had, oh, was nice. specifically using Rip's guns, which is kind of cool. But also, the actor already had glowing eyes in Supernatural. It, he was a character that was on Supernatural, too, oh, and was, had glowing eyes. So I think they needed to to figure out something else. So that's but what they decided so on. Uh, I would have rather had like, glowing nostrils or uh, like a little demon like <laughs> waves out of his ear for something. Or, Billy G. Know. Girl 24 in the chat says, the, the face is better. I'm sorry. The beehive face made me want to scratch my face off. Which is just right. what you're looking for in a show. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Legends Pro makes me want to scratch my own face makes off. Makes me want to scratch my face off. Uh, so, uh, as I teased at the beginning of the episode, there, uh, the, uh, there's something that Dave Childs uh, has been clamoring to know. It's in the crossover, right? Yes. What happened in the in the Elseworlds? So we haven't seen today's, but I was really wanting to talk about this too. They... Let's set it up. Let's set it up. Dave okay. Childs' big beef. In terms of prisons in the Arrow universe. The biggest beef in the Arrow universe, and they even do this in this show, because we do see, we constantly go to these prisons that they have. Even Supergirl has this, too. Their prisons don't have bathrooms. And I think it's, it's I'm not the only one to complain about this. I think it's a, a favorite fan complaint. And this is the best retconning <laughs> I've ever seen in a show. Did we not talk about this a few weeks ago? And I thought that they come out of the floor 
and they're there the whole time, and then they disappear when they're not needed. And you but it turns that out idea. they were in the walls, <laughs> not the floor. Oh, so Frank was wrong. <laughs> but also, they just showed it. That's all they needed to do was show it. But I'm, I also think that there are so many prisoners that just poop on the floor because there is no way they would just know that. They have to at least tell them, I guess. But there's no button. You just, like, hit a secret panel, and that's where the toilet came out. Yeah, but how many times do you want to see in a Flash episode, like, hey, I got to poop. I just want I just want a toilet in the corner. That's all I want. I want a cot and a toilet in the corner. But oh. now you know. Now you know that every episode that you've ever watched <laughs> of The Flash, that that toilet has that been there. That they were pooping. They were. They... The mirror master had a place to poop. That's right. And that's that was the most important thing. <laughs> that's what I needed to know. I, that was not worthy of the hordes. <laughs> I when I saw that moment, I was so excited to talk to you about that. Yeah, I was excited to talk about. It. <laughs> they did a good job. I'm actually enjoying uh, the little references in the Elseworld stuff. I do kind of wish our Legends was a part of it, so pe- more people could maybe get tricked into watching the Legends. But uh, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm curious to see what happens today with uh, with Batwoman. Yeah, I mean, well, as somebody who loves Superman, Superman and has enjoyed his interpretations. In the Berlanti verse, I can understand why having the legends that's just too many people. Yeah, to get it's, it's a bit too many. Yeah, it's a lot of people. I think that's that was a problem they had in the last the last uh, crossover too. It was just too many people to handle. Well, uh, you know what's not going to be too hard to handle is uh, too cold to touch. Yes, that's right. Is uh, us doing uh, a Legends of Tomorrow after show because this is going to be our last episode. Have, no, just no. For, for, the, a while, for, for a while. For a while. Uh, it is on hiatus until April. We don't have an exact date yet. So, Jeez, April. And, you know, certainly with uh, the CW as uh, new shows debut in the winter, and maybe they don't do so well, they get canceled. The uh, the timeline might the uh, return date might get moved and shifted around. You never know. But as of right now, it is an April return date. So this will be our last episode. Until that time. If we come up sooner, of course, we're going to tweet it out and let you folks know. Right. Well, thank God it's not Doctor Who, which is coming back in 2020. Oof. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm grateful for April just for that sake. But tell all your friends to watch Legends because I think out of all of them, yes. even though I think it's uh, – it feel like – It's silly, talk- goofy, but you got to accept it. You got to love it. It's a lot better. Yeah, and I think people will enjoy it, but – Ratings wise, it is in the fourth place. Of yeah, these it's shows. pretty low. It's the black sheep of the group, and I th- I actually think it's the best one. So so keep watching because we need your we need those viewers numbers on there. Otherwise, we yeah. might not get a season five, which would be a shame. Yeah, and if people need uh, to kind of get into the show, what what season do you think they should start at? Maybe even three. Uh yeah, I mean, definitely do not season one. Season skip. one, I think you can skip. I yeah. think like I think you can get in around two or three and enjoy the show. Yeah, I mean, I feel like two is is because if you've watched the other shows in the Berlantiverse, it does have a lot of villains from that, True. which is great. When you've got the Legion of Doom, good good series. Yeah, Legions of Doom. Yeah, you got to watch two. Yeah, just start with two. Yeah, I would almost do two and then four. Three is okay, right? But yeah. But I would say I, I think it hit its stride in this current season. I think the season's the best, and I want to see it keep growing. Yes, I think it's good. It's it's nice when you see like everybody uh, behind the cameras as well. Kind of got like, oh yeah, now we we really got in lock about what this show can be. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, but I uh, know we've got a little lengthy reprieve between now and April. Why don't you want to do some like long distance predictions? Yeah, I mean, let's hear it. <laughs> and now you're after Buzz TV. Ooh, spooky. 
Well, I think we're going to get some uh, Neuron, of course, and we're yes. going to come up. He's the big bad, and we're going to come up uh, face-to-face with him, face-to-be-face with him. But um, And I also think we're going to have Nora Dark come back. I think you have to. Yeah. And like, I think it's. I think the season ends with Nora being released, and we talked a little bit about that before too. I think. Right. I think you don't put her in play in the season just to have her just be a like a one and doneer. I think we're going to see her come back, and I think she'll be a part of it, and she'll earn her freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think we're going to see. I think we are going to find out what happens to Mona. I don't think they're just going to forget about that. I no. think Mona's going to come back, and I think Mona is going to be with the Cope, and Cope's trying to heal her or something i mean it's or the other thing is that she could just be from the blood loss or whatever she could be in a like a medically induced coma because she's the one that only really knows what's happening there at the time bureau mm-hmm. so in a coma she can't tell anybody else what she's seen so true the rest of the legends can get just like oh that's a sad thing that happened to her but they don't really know that oh wait these animal, these magical beings are being used for some real reason yeah and they did kind of set up this bad guy who like mona runs into in the parking lot and then later is trying to is getting the uh, uh, hurting the animals, so he's going to come back as kind of the face for the bad Hank business that's happening. So I mean, of course, it seems like for Constantine, his whole big thing is like, can he save Des? Do you think by the end of the season we have a dis- uh, a definite answer to that? Is he able to save Des and restore him back to life? Yeah, I mean, in the history of Constantine, I would say normally no. But because we've, he's made this promise to Marie Laveau, and he's, uh, and he says, "I haven't forgotten on you." I think it would, I don't think it would be satisfying unless he does. He's able to save Des, so I think Des is going to be separated from Neuron somehow. Because it, it definitely feels like we don't really know what the stakes are for the universe in general, and what the legends need to do to stop this. So I feel like you're right. We need to have some kind of personal stakes involved, and having John connected at least gives it. Some personal stakes. Right. So, yeah. And um, uh, people in the chat says that he can save Des, but he can't be with him. That's probably going to definitely be true. There's going to be something that keeps them apart. Maybe he can save Des's soul. Maybe that's something. So he's not in hell. Yeah. Maybe he's able to go to heaven. Um, Also, Chris Malley says, so is Gideon going to be getting like a robot slash android form? We hope so. Or at least a hologram form. Because uh, it is nice to, I'd, I'd rather have that than the uh, than the creepy, creepy head. Yes, but and, and a lot of people also say start with season two on the uh, in the chat. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. Sorry, Hawks and uh, <laughs> all you Hawk fans <laughs> out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bring but them back. Don't watch season one of Legends tomorrow, but do watch the recap of the finale of season one of the Legends. Yes, Dave Child was a big fan of that episode and he lets you know why <laughs> yep yeah that's right uh folks that's gonna do it for this episode of the legend of tomorrow we made it to the fall finale yeah oh also this is a reminder in the chat uh there is an animated show for constantine coming on the cwc probably you saw the ad for it if you watched uh legends so check that on cwc yeah a little constantine to tide you over until we are back yeah sometime in april i uh, i know that it'll be released on the interwebs 
as that time gets closer, the CW kind of announces all of its spring slate programming, and we'll know for sure exactly what day, what time that we will be back. Indeed. Uh, but until then, folks, thanks for liking us. <laughs> thanks for liking us. Thanks for liking us. Thanks for us. liking us and Gosh, loving us. you guys are the best. I love you. Uh, thanks for watching us. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And everybody, thank you for hopping in the chat. The child was in, in, uh, incredibly entertained. It was great. By our, all your thoughtful and hilarious comments. It was good. I love you all. That's true. And you can find me at MRDaveChild on Twitter or Instagram and DaveChild.com because I am Dave Child. And if you happen to be in the Los Angeles area on Wednesday night, Dave, what can they do? Oh, you can come see me at UCB. Thank you, Frank. Absolutely. I'll be there with my dance troupe. We're doing an all-Christmas show dance where we'll be dancing to all different uh, Christmas themes. Absolutely. This will be a fun show, 7 o'clock at UCB Sunset. Please stop by. Get a ticket. Do it. For sure. Liquid Feet is a show that you owe it to yourself. If you're if you're anywhere near the L.A. surroundings, make the time to come. You won't be disappointed. Tickets out. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, folks, at HappyGoJackie. Everybody, thanks for joining us this evening as we recapped not one but two episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. We did double duty because we love you, the Legends of Tomorrow viewers. We love you most of all. And our hearts will break until we're reunited sometime in April of 2019. Until then, folks, speed off. Happy holidays. Bebo bless us, everyone. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.